Podcasters, assemble! This is Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs Podcast. Ready or not, this is Arjuna Gonzalez from Thoughts from the Level Editor. Hey everyone, this is Becky, Troy's wife. My name is Brandon from the Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, who's also known as Michael Ball Trades. Hey everyone, it's Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. This is Paul Salt from One Good Thing and Screen Mayhem. I'm Jason from the Drinkopedia Podcast. And this is... Black Panther. 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 Uh, Black Panther has become quite a phenomenon in the last year uh, since it's been released. Uh, The hype for the movie was huge. Um, It was it's grown and blown up into something that I don't think anybody could have ever imagined that it would. Black Panther, what an event in American history, let me tell you. Holy frick. As a, as a person of color, I was super stoked for the movie. Uh, and the absolute cultural phenomenon that he created is the absolute best. Like, it's a celebration of, hey, uh, this is something that's never been done before. And hey, it's something that's important and needs to be done and should have been done before. Um, speaking as an African-American content creator and, you know, just a an eye in social media, I think that this movie holds a lot of power. It's very strong with the attentions that it's, it's conveying. Here was a film where we already got to meet a character in the previous film, our main character. So while we had some of that, Uh, origin story thing going on certainly where we get to know the character get to know his world get to know their supporting cast and then they have to fight a character that looks and and you know has similar powers to them except they're evil so it's the whole evil reflection of myself thing like that was all still there but we got the bulk of his motivations and things already in civil war if you guys remember marvel civil war uh you know him and t'challa do cap cap and t'challa do they were fighting you know like they were going back and they were just fighting, you know, and they were on the, they didn't realize, yo, we're on the same side. We just want the same things. And then the brotherhood shown at the end of that movie where he hides Cap out and he cryo freezes uh, Bucky, puts Bucky back to sleep, you know, and then they become good friends. I think that's something that can, that those are messages in these movies that can be applied to real life. The opening action scene in Black Panther has T'Challa going down and busting up a convoy of slavers in order to get to Nakia, uh, who he wants to come back to be there at his coronation ceremony, even though she's like on a deep undercover operation. And I really like this scene. It's, it's a cool action scene in terms of like Black Panther's kind of stalking people through the woods and you get to see him as like kind of a scary menace in terms of like 
it's Stark, and he's really good at being sneaky and can take down this whole team. But I like it because it also shows kind of a weakness for T'Challa because, uh, like, you know, she's she's got more important stuff she's doing right now, my dude. Like, she's on this important stealth mission, and you're like, nah, but I want her to hang out with me during the ceremony. Um, I like it because it shows that he's he's not perfect. He's he's flawed. He's got a, a, a personal side. He's not just a king. He's a person, too. And I like that. My favorite hero moment would probably be near the beginning of the movie when T'Challa first gets buried in the red sand and goes to visit T'Chaka because at least those of us who have seen Captain America Civil War know the circumstances under which T'Chaka was killed and it's a very gripping scene to see him reunited with his father like that and it's also very pretty uh, the kind of synthwave savanna effect that they have going on with the color grading is it's really nice to look at as are many other shots in this movie but that one in particular favorite action scene is probably going to be the awesome ritualistic coronation event whatever they called that the mystic falls kind of deal uh great choreography really sets up this world building of wakanda that there is this country with decades hundreds of years of tradition and culture and a sense that it really does exist within this world i think we we use that set twice uh the first one is really sets up kind of T'Challa as an individual without his powers he still is formidable as a person uh as a person not just as a fighter but he has the love of the people he has the backing and support of his entire people and even his rivals I did think it was weird where he was Black Panther but now he still had to compete in order to be Black Panther I thought it was a little weird and in the secondary scene we see this light change Uh, we see the mood shifted and the stakes are higher this used to be a celebratory thing and now it's become high stakes. What does this truly mean? What does this place and arena and what does this fight really mean for the future of Wakanda and its placement in the country's culture? And you can tell that uh, Gollum, Andy Serkis, is just loving every moment he is on screen in this film. He is a joy to watch. My favourite villain moment is where Killmonger and Clow rob the Museum of Great Britain uh, because the British Museum wouldn't let Kugler film there. Maybe because the message of that scene is a bit too close to home, that we English have been going around pinching stuff for a bit too long. Uh, Who can say? Anyway, it's a ruthlessly cool action beat. Both villains are really charismatic and scary, and it does a really good job of um, setting these guys up and introducing Killmonger's beliefs. So yeah, it's really cool. And he gets that awesome... Mastodon mask, which I love. You know, they're in the uh, the art gallery, and they're looking at these masks, and he's asking he's asking questions, and the lady, and he asks the lady, he's like, "What about this one?" And she's explaining, you know, the mask, whatever. And he's she's like, he's like, "Yo, um, yo, how much is it?" And she's like, "It's not for sale." And he's like, "Yo, did I ask you if it's for sale?" He's like, "He's like, did y'all ask? Did, did you guys ask to buy it when y'all came in?" And God, he's like, no, y'all just took it. He's like, yo, so we just take what we want, you know? My favorite villain moment is really just anything with Claw, uh, but more specifically his intro in the museum um, when he kills all the security guards and then tells one of them to run away, that he gets to live, and then just shoots him in the back. I thought that was an excellent play. I think Claw is a really fun villain. At the end of the museum heist, uh, Eric... 
uh, eyes this uh, this mask that's in the museum, uh, and and Claw goes like, "Don't tell me that's vibranium too," or something along those lines, and uh, and Eric's like, "Nah, I'm just feeling it." And I really like it for the same reason that I like that that scene with uh, T'Challa at the beginning of the movie is that it shows that Eric's got a personal stake at things. He's he kind of sees himself as like as this bigger than life figure who's doing the right thing. He's stealing back this vibranium hatchet from this museum because they stole it from Wakanda first. Uh, but then he's also willing to just be like, mm, I'm going to take that just because I like it. My favorite line of dialogue would probably be during the scene where Shuri is showing T'Challa all his new equipment. And she's making fun of T'Challa putting on his helmet or needing to put on his helmet for a suit. And she says, hey, people are shooting at me. Wait, let me put on my helmet. Uh, I've only fought that like 12 times in some of the past movies, whether it's Iron Man or some other hero. And they don't have their helmet on and, you know, just, just one sniper bullet. That's all it'll take. T'Challa is in a casino and uh, they're like undercover and they end up running into Agent Ross and T'Challa goes up to the um, craps table and they're, you know, talk talking back and forth and then T'Challa walks away and Agent Ross is like, hey, you won. And then Stanley leans over. He's like, you know what? I think I'll just take these them over here and hold them for safekeeping and he grabs onto T'Challa's chips and brings them over to his side of the table <laughs> my favorite action scene was uh in Black Panther was when they went to go search for, for, for Ulysses Claw in the casino you know and they're, they're all dressed up and you know they're trying to be low key and low profile and then they fight you know, they they run in claw. And he pulls the vibranium out from his crotch. Because that's where you put a precious mineral. The best action scene in the film, I believe, is the fight in the casino. Um, I love the duel sequences um, that happen on the re uh, waterfall. But there's a real ambition in the uh, sort of multifaceted, eloquently shot brawl in that casino. And the setting and music are great too. It's a really stirring moment where... You get to see all three of the main heroes sort of do their stuff, and I love that too. There are several things that jump out to me in that scene, like Okoye throwing her wig at one of Claw's henchmen in the middle of the fight. The way that whole fight scene is shot, with it looks like one take as it's moving around the different fights going on in the casino at the same time. I don't think that there are any action scenes in previous movies where they do something like that, and it's really good to see. Also, the whole, like, secret casino looks a little bit like the Lucky Money Casino in the original Deus Ex game. And any scene that reminds me of the original Deus Ex is going to end up in one of my favorites. With um, the car chase scene, when 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 he's when T'Challa's leaping from car to car, and you know materializes the suit, sheds what he's wearing, goes hops, and and is pulling wheels off of cars and things of that nature. And I think the casino fight is a super cool action scene, but I also really like the chase through the streets of South Korea that comes after it. Um, I especially like this because this is where we get to see Shuri in action. They throw a little device on top of a car that creates a like 
uh, 3D model of the car back in her lab all the way across the world in Wakanda. And she's able to hop in it and like help them out in the chase scene remotely, which I think is just super cool. And I really like Shuri as a character. So getting to see her be involved with the action was, was really neat. Watching Black Panther on the, on the hood of a car driven by Shuri is really fun, especially when Shuri, Shuri runs over a person and just says, what was that? And he just goes, oh, you're doing fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, and they keep going and uh, Claw's sonic cannon turning on the music. It's just a really fun action beat. They pull up and like they're stopping with like no wheels. And it's funny for that funny moment there. But when they catch up to Claw, like he could literally kill Claw. And they're like, yo, the world is watching T'Challa. You know, and at that moment, you know, you have to you have, you have to make a decision where you either either capture this guy or you kill him in cold blood. You know, had had the world not been watching, T'Challa probably would have taken his life. No questions asked. But the world was watching. So he was spared at that moment. And then, of course, there's a time later on when he's in the interrogation room and he hasn't exactly cracked. He's just making a bunch of ridiculous noises, I guess, to try to rattle people who are on the other side of the glass. But yeah, Ross walks in when he's going to start the interrogation and Claw is singing, What is love, lady, don't hurt me. Sure, why not? Uh, I, I thought Ulysses Claw was really cool. I thought Andy Serkis did a great job in that role. And it's a bummer that we only got to see him the, the two times over in Age of Ultron and then here in uh, Black Panther. I do know that in the comics, Claw, like, comes back as a being made of pure sonic energy. I doubt they're going to go that way. But if they did, it would have to be a CGI character. And they've already got Andy Serkis playing him, so it could work. Killmonger. Eric Killmonger. Michael B. Jordan. The man himself. What a villain. What a guy. What a guy with a real motivation for the thing that he's trying to do. He's not some guy who suddenly went crazy and went bad. He's had this motivation and this drive to do and incite this plan for a while, since he was basically a little kid, and his whole life has led up to this moment. It's all been planned. It's all been leading up to this. And he feels like a real person. He feels like someone who has a good idea but has a terrible, terrible execution of it. And he's got real stakes you know he's a real he's a real guy who has this deep personal connection to the hero and his deep personal connection to the hero to T'Challa is the fact that he's just this dark reflection of what T'Challa's life could have been he has every single right to access the same amount of resources that T'Challa has it's just that he was he had one bad day I think what makes him so great of a villain too is not just him as a character but also what 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 does he serve to the story you know why why is he there and i think he is great because he's the catalyst for t'challa to really go forward and change up the way that wakanda structured as a new leader as his as his story is him kind of taking on the king role and what does that mean what are all the responsibilities to it well here's something that is really messed up and really flawed about the current status quo and how you have to change that up and how that's like your number one first day on the job priority and and thing to do that's crazy and that that serves really well for t'challa's overall character development going forward into the mcu you know so there's that and then you know a a bonus uh bonus villain moment was when killmonger showed up in wakanda and he challenged t'challa and you know they're fighting and he's literally standing, he's beating him down, he's standing over, is this your king? Is this your king? You know, just 
there's so much bravado and like it, it's not bravado, just bravado ego, but it's just like knowing, like yo, you, you feel like you're the best, you know. And at that moment, he bested Chala and threw that dude off a mountain. Like, come on now. Okay, it wasn't a mountain, but you know, threw him off. That's that's freaking great to me. The best line of dialogue is probably from my favourite scene, uh, the scene where Killmonger goes to the spirit plane to see his father, uh, having just successfully usurped uh, T'Challa. Uh, the father tries to explain how Eric is, is lost, how he's become lost, and Eric just replies, maybe your home is the one that's lost, and that's why they can't find us. And the father just has this pained look, because he knows that his son is too far gone, and that it's partly his fault. I think that was the scene which really just convinced me that there's something really special about this one. And the idea that, come on, Shuri totally could have taken the, the heart-shaped herb and taken on the Black Panther powers, because, spoiler, she does in the comic books for a little while. My favorite hero moment is when T'Challa stands up to his own ancestors the second time he goes to the spirit realm, exclaiming, You were wrong. All of you were wrong, and he explains how turning their back on the world betrayed their honour, and that he must return to the land of the living to fix the problems that his predecessors created due to their lack of compassion for the outside world. It's a really powerful moment, and I think it's a really important one for T'Challa as well. My favourite hero moment in Black Panther was when... They revived Black Panther, you know, because at this point in time, he'd, uh, he'd had his powers taken and he was pretty much left for dead. You know, he's, he's healing up, you know, he got, he got his powers back and they show back up in Wakanda, you know, and they're, and they're fighting, you know, alongside, um, the other tribe, you know, because, you know, they write the wrongs that were created by their ancestors. And so he takes upon himself with a few other people and in the Royal Guard and they go and they go to rush to save Wakanda, essentially from Killmonger. Um by this time Ulysses Claw's already dead, so it's literally just Killmonger and um um God, what is his name? Batu? Can't even think of his name. And they go to go and get their homeland back. You know, it's it's more than just fighting to to be the bad guy. They're they're fighting for their home. Uh, I thought the inclusion of oh, what is the name of the the character? Um, but the actor that plays. Um, Watson and, and Bilbo Baggins. For some reason, his name is escaping me as well. And I know you're all screaming at it, or screaming it at me right now, and that's fine. Uh, that is actually based on the comic books that were written by Christopher Priest, uh, where our main focus is this other character who is sort of our window into Wakanda to see it from the view of an outsider. Um, and uh, uh, I thought that was fine, but I felt like his scenes were the least necessary of the entire film. So while he was there, and I get it, and it was based on the comics, and you wanted that character, I don't think we needed that. 
I think the camera could have been our window into that world, and we didn't need another person who was confused by it. It's like it's like Blade Runner. Just throw us into the world. Show us the world. It's so visually interesting. Like we'll be fine. And so, you know, and that and that happens. But the, but the the hero moment part of all this is while they're fighting and agent. Gosh, I can't remember his name because I haven't seen the movie in like a couple months. Uh, the agent is sitting in in a cockpit, you know, hollowly flying, and he's blowing up. He's trying to blow up the weapons, and if the weapons don't blow up, dude, like, this could be catastrophic for the world because these weapons with vibranium and stuff, dude, they're not playing any games. This was a good movie. This movie looked good. I thought it was written well. I thought it was acted well. I like that we dug more into Claw and Wakanda. Uh, that said, of course, I still think there were some issues. The end where it was this big CG fight of, of CG action figures being slapped together. The idea of the bad guy being an evil version of you and a different version of your suit. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm way over that by now. It is a bummer that we lose Killmonger at the end of this movie. Um, because like we've talked about before, Marvel does have a problem with killing off villains. And in this case, he was also kind of a, a copycat villain, uh, like we've seen a few times before, where it was basically the hero fighting an evil version of himself. So not the most interesting of final battles and, and kind of a disappointing end that he died, but I think they really did uh, a good job with his death. Like, it, it felt really significant, and I really liked that a lot. My favorite line of dialogue in Black Panther comes from Killmonger. And this is after the fight between him and T'Challa and they're both laying there. Well, he's laying there like about to die and Killmonger's life. Killmonger's like, he's like, man, just bury me in the sea with all my dead ancestors who, uh, who died, uh, trying to make it so they can be free. I'm pretty sure I'm quoting that wrong, but that, that's the line. Like, that line is powerful. I think that's the most powerful line in the franchise. All these 22 movies now um, really just highlights Eric's uh, journey as a villain and drives home his point to T'Challa. I think it's a really impactful sequence. Um, as, a, as an African-American, you know, you're referencing, there's, there's so many things being referenced there. Like it, it kind of, it, it got to me, you know, because it's like, you go through all that and then look at what you're still fighting for to this day. You know, people people are fighting just to be on equal footing, to feel like they're on equal ground with, with others. And, you know, at the end of the day, especially with the, with the climate and the way the world is right now, that, that's, that's powerful. You know, it's kind of like the old... Uh, old Denzel Washington line from Malcolm X, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us. You know, it's kind of like one of those moments where, you know, he's speaking and yeah, he's speaking in character, but, you know, he's speaking also on, you know, real life situations for, for those, for minorities of the people of color who experience these things on a daily basis. So... For me, that was my favorite line of dialogue in the movie.
In terms of dangling threads, I guess I just want more of Wakanda. Uh, the scenes at street level there are fascinating. I'd love to see more of that country and that city. Uh, we didn't get much more than Shuri's lab and a field in Infinity War, so I'm still waiting on that one to be picked up. And I hope we get many more stories set in Wakanda. I get that Wakanda opening up to the rest of the world is going to become a very important plot point in Infinity War, which I'm going to watch after I'm done editing this audio. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Also, because Killmonger ordered the heart-shaped plants burned, what does that mean for royal succession? If the only surviving plant was used to save T'Challa, what are they going to do? Anything else? So I will say that I really like the color palette of this movie. It's It seems like there were a lot more saturated colors, a lot of very strong reds, greens, blues, indigos, and purples. I've had a thing against the use of desaturated colors in the name of realism or whatever for quite a few years now. Hey, I'm watching a goofy action movie. I'm not looking for realism. My favorite dangling thread in the movie was probably that M'Baku is part of the council, the royal council in Wakanda. It's the first one of the Jabari tribe to be so uh, after T'Challa came to him uh, for help. And uh, it's really great because in the comics, M'Baku is a villain called Mane, but I'm wondering if they're ever going to go down that route since they've changed this character so drastically in the movie, um, I'd be curious to see where the character goes from in future installments of the franchise. One of the things that I love about this movie is just, you know, the foreshadowing, you know, of things to come. And at the end of the movie, when, when they show back up in, in California... And they show the ship, and the child tells her, like, hey, you're going to run a branch of Wakanda here. You know, um, we're going to set up here in this neighborhood because, you know, it's the same neighborhood that Killmonger grew up in and everything else. And you're, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're a big, rich, freaking community, you know, secret, secretly guarded community. You know, and your face has been on the news as the Black Panther, and people still don't know who you are, but they're like, hey, we're going to set up a Wakanda here. And she's like, well, then when you told me we're going to California, I thought we were going to Disneyland, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny to me. But, you know, the, 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 the potential of building a new, a new, you know, Wakanda base, like, in that community, because there were so many, you know, that could potentially be from Wakanda that we don't even that we don't even know about in the movie because they don't really speak on it. So that that's something that I'm, I wish they'd expand. Hope I hope that they expand no more in Black Panther too. We get these little inklings of what Wakanda and what the country and world of Black Panther is going to look like going forward. Black Panther's taking up a leadership role in a large scale. You know, he's the leader of possibly the richest and most technologically advanced country in this universe and he's going to do some big dick moves you know truth be told there aren't really a lot of hero moments in black panther you know it's kind of it's hard to really nail down one because there aren't a lot you know i mean i don't think there's really a lot of acts of heroism in this movie per se like, Black Panther is one of those movies where it's more 
it's more of telling a story. You know, you're you're telling the story of of culture. You're telling the story of of unity and, and things of that nature. You know, so there's there's not really a lot of hero moments, and that's I guess that's a that's a sad thing to say about Black Panther. And I think a lot of people reject this film or criticize this film because it was quote unquote too political. But at the end of the day, I think what T'Challa's message is towards the end of the film is, hey, we're all one people and we need to help each other as much as we can. We need to, we need to stop hoarding all these things because it'll make our lives less convenient. At the end of the day, there are other people suffering and we should try to balance that out and try to help each other out as much as possible. And I think if you think that message is too political, I think you're messing the whole point. Finally, I guess I'll just say that I really loved this one. Um, I love the main character. I thought Chadwick Boseman was incredible in the role. I loved the premise. I think the villain is one of the best that Marvel ever had. Um, and all credit to uh, Michael B. Jordan for that. Uh, the music is brilliant, and I love how the production design made Afrofuturism a more, rec- a more widely recognized thing. Um, as far as the movie goes, like I think the, it's, it's a great symbolic movie. You know, it's it's one of those movies where it was great. You know, not not just not just from from the action and the storytelling, but the real life tones in the movie that that were conveyed. I feel that you know Wakanda forever. You know, everybody screams Wakanda forever. That's you know, the, yeah, that's that's their battle cry in the movie. But you know. It, you know, from the, it stemmed from more of the movie, and for a while it just became, it, it, it became cool, you know what I mean, to be, just to be, you know what I mean, like, to be black, you know? Like, it was cool to be black, you know, it's, you know, kind of forever, you know, the, 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 the fives and everything. It, the movie showed that, you know, people of color, they can be more than just what's, what's depicted in stereotypes. The movie showed that, you know, that we can be intelligent, you know, that, you know, um, we can be rich, we can be proud of our heritage, you know, things of that nature. Fun fact, you know, I mean, people love Iron Man, but 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 T'Challa is way, way, way richer than Iron Man. <laughs> um, and he's got better tech. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But I I really I look forward to returning to Wakanda again and seeing what comes out of the Black Panther franchise later on. And I'm a straight, cis, middle-class white dude, so the other thing about that film is knowing it was not made for me. So I enjoyed it for what it was, but I was there seeing people that were so happy in uh, traditional African garb, taking pictures in front of the posters, taking pictures in front of the standees, just, you know... Uh, soaking in, and I, I hope that doesn't sound, like, weird. I hope that, like, I'm trying to not sound like I have some weird prejudice here. It was just seeing the people for whom that film was made, as far as everybody has said. So this isn't just coming from me saying, oh, it's about a black superhero, so it's only for black people. I don't mean that at all. Uh, I think everybody who saw that movie probably enjoyed the heck out of it. It was just knowing that it was such a cultural thing there, the way Wonder Woman was there to be this great female empowerment film because it was finally, you know, shot by a woman and done well. It was that type of thing, right? And this was following on the heels of that and knowing how much of an impact 
that that had. And poor Chadwick Boseman, who has to deal with people saying Wakanda forever to him for the rest of his life. I think that for 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 you know for that movie for that movie to make so much money and for the actors to get paid so little, it's it's mind blowing to me. But again, that's one of those you know real life things going like that. Like it's probably one of those things where they didn't think that the movie was going to do as well as it did. I just want to say uh, that this movie is so important to the MCU. It should have been there the entire time, and it's just that one big step that needed to be taken. Uh, and and good on them for being the first ones to do it, uh, or at least the first ones to give this kind of cast and ensemble and crew the chance to do it on such a big stage. The Marvel Universe at this point has grown so, so large, and I have a brother uh, who is biracial. He's black and Asian. And to see him kind of look at these superheroes and finally see one that looks like him is just huge. And really, that's what this movie did for so many people all around the world is really gave us a face that not a, that hasn't give, been given a lot of representation and needs to uh, because this affects because this universe and this franchise has just reached the world over. It really needs to step up on its representation. Uh, we all love Captain America. We all love Thor, Tony Stark. Uh, but how many white guys are on the Avengers, you know? And to have that balance is really refreshing and really great on Marvel. And that's why it's the best franchise. Black Panther is... It's honestly, it's a masterpiece. Honestly. Like, being completely real with you, it's probably one of the top five... It's one of the top five Marvel movies. Ever. I'm saying that wholeheartedly because that's my opinion, of course, and that's what I truly feel. I feel that, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, it's, you know, what I'm saying? it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, you, you know what I'm saying, you can take, you can take the message from Black Panther and you can apply it, you know, to your own life because that's what it was. The movie was a message, you know, and I feel that, you know, if if you can be left with, with something that's so powerful, so strong, like to this day, people are still talking about it. You know, and it's a movie. Podcasters Assemble Probably is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably podcast network. This episode edited and produced by Troidal Power and Tyler Thornton.
find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to join the initiative and contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble Probably by looking us up on Twitter as at Casters Assemble. Submissions are always open. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for links to all the places you can find them online. Special thanks to executive producer Tyler Thornton for keeping this show on track. This movie sets up a couple of dangling threads, uh, mainly to set up one Infinity War, but then to what what is the future of Wakanda? And the couple of nods to Infinity War we get is we get a little we get a little nod, you know, uh, to hipster Jesus Bucky, you know, guy we all we all know him, third year of university, you know, he's gonna go to he's gonna travel the world in three months and really come back changed. Uh, that that Bucky comes. And uh, he basically he basically has that attitude. He's he's a changed man in the short time he's been in Wakanda, and he has a shiny new arm. Podcasters assemble. Probably will return in Avengers: Infinity War. Man, oh man, what a villain in this movie. Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, the man himself, Mr. Big Dick Energy. Wow. But anyway, speaking of colors, let's talk about race for about five or ten minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about this movie without engaging with the racial politics in it and the discussion around it. I heard a bunch of things on Twitter when this movie first came out. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to them because I, I just didn't watch the movie. But now I've like gone back and tried to like read up on some of the debates over it and think about it. And it seems like there were two different reactions to this movie. In the first camp, you have people who think this film is great and after all these marvel movies where the protagonist is a white man and any people of color just feel sidekick roles that it's amazing and it's this great cultural moment that we finally have a movie where the cast is primarily people of color and the only white people are either villains or sidekicks and that wakanda presents this vision of an africa that was not exploited by 500 years of european colonialism and in the other camp you have people saying that this film promotes a regressive neo-colonialist 
vision and that Killmonger embodies all sorts of negative stereotypes about African-American men, that he's this receptacle for white people's ideas about thugs and gangsterism, and that Wakanda is this futuristic but still feudalist society and that it's stereotypically primitive because the only way that royal succession works is through ritual combat even though it really looks like the ritual combat ceremonies are really more ceremonial and the when the Jabari come in it's shocking. Oh yeah and that that whole last scene about T'Challa opening up Wakanda and those international outreach centers it never happened because it doesn't fit our argument very well and if we do talk about it, we just wave it away as some weak sauce neoliberal internationalism that won't really address any problems of white supremacy and racism worldwide. Also forgetting that this is an action movie and a lot of things just happen as threads about supervillains and evil aliens rather than how things would really work in real geopolitics. And as you can tell, I am in the former camp. I really liked this movie. I liked that we got a movie that just wasn't another story about another white person. And then my notes say, Everyone is problematic. I win the discourse. This is a goofy action movie about a magic mineral that can destroy countries and fix spines. I've read the arguments from the other camp. I think I understand what their reasoning is. I just can't agree with it. And I could go through all the different arguments from their side. I really feel like this clip is getting long enough, but what I'm going to boil it down to is this. If you think that Black Panther took ideas about global black liberation and radical internationalism and the kinds of things that the original Black Panthers were working towards, and it strawmanned them. It tried to turn them literally into a comic book supervillain. I'm on Twitter. Point me to a movie that gets those arguments right. It doesn't have to be a hundred million dollar budget blockbuster film. I understand that Hollywood probably can't produce the kind of movie that I'm talking about. But as far as I could tell, y'all are just reading things into Killmonger and his role in the story that I just plain did not see. Hi Troy, good luck dealing with this clusterfuck of an audio clip. <laughs> uh, see you in Infinity War, man. Bye.